Anime Trenders, welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about other another MBTI anime character episode. Uh, once again, this is for fun. If you disagree with any of the selections that we have on our list, please feel free to do so. We are certainly not the creators of the character, so we definitely can't say exactly which character has which personality type if, you know, we can really assign it to them. But regardless, it is very, very fun. And this week, we are putting Isabel in the hot seat. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so Isabel apparently is quite excited for it, unlike Agnes, who was dreading it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and unlike you, who was also dreading the ENFJ one, so... <laughs> You're not alone in that regard. Uh, so basically, uh, Isabel is an ISFP, and these letters stand for I for introvert, S for sensing or observant. The, the the words have changed throughout the years, but I think sensing is the main one they're going with now. F is for feeler, and P is for prospecting. And so uh, it, just a quick rundown once again of each of what they mean. Uh, introvert, I think this is pretty obvious, but basically it doesn't just mean shy. It means that you really need your alone time to essentially recharge versus as an extrovert such as myself when you are tired you actually need other people and in fact I've had an exhausting week of work and every single day at like 10 p.m. I am fighting people to DM because I'm in desperate need of like company and interactions in order to recharge as an example of a prime difference between an extrovert me and I'm guessing Isabel you definitely don't do what I do which is when you're exhausted you purposefully go looking for people so um and so that is the introvert. And then sensing means that you're, you tend to be more focused on the details. You tend to notice things, um, notice the smaller things a little more rather than the big picture. Uh, feeling is exactly as it sounds. You are more likely to be aware about your emotions than you are about the logic that is happening behind the scenes. And finally, the fourth part, prospecting, which is the only the only one that I'll, I'm always like it's uh, it's description is a little weird. But basically, prospecting means that you tend to not follow a pattern. You you live your life kind of spontaneously, and because of that, you're also more adaptable for that reason. So. That is a very quick rundown of ISFP and the specific four letters that there are. And like all the other episodes, we are going to talk about the anime characters that we think are ISFPs and specifically tie them to uh, Isabel in this case. So uh, Agnes got to pick which characters to talk about this week because last time uh, when it was ISTP, Isabel got to pick them. So Agnes's first pick is Haru from Fruits Basket. And from my understanding, Agnes actually did a bit of research for this week's episode. So, uh, you know, when you saw Haru was on the list, what was the thought that was going through your head? And specifically, you know, did you see the tie-in with Isabel? Ooh. Yeah, so I definitely see the tie-in of Isabel's personality type with Haru, but also it's something that I've observed in other ISF people in my own life as well, is that ISFPs have like a very interesting flip switch of when they're usually very hot or they're very cold, or when they're like very chilled to like very like angry. 
Um, and sometimes like it's it catches a lot of people off guard at times with the switch as compared to like a nice TP where it's kind of like it's a bunch of microaggressions that turn into anger. But for an ISFP, it's kind of like the flip switch happens when you like uh, you kind of cross the boundaries of a certain value that they have, and that's when they have the flip switch. And the most uh, the most emblematic of the flip switch is literally Haru because he's literally the white and the black side of him. Um, usually on the very like chill side of ISFPs, they're very like low key, they're very easygoing, they're a bit spacey. They have a very good rationale and a very like steady head for most things. But overall, they're just like they're they they keep the party going right but anything can happen at any moment that has like that flip switch and then people are just very very bewildered and haru has that too for when he is you know with kyo and with um with yuki he's just like oh kyo do you want to fight me again today and kyo's like no why why, why would you suggest something like <laughs> this is, that this is a conversation between an istp so this is agnes and isabel <laughs> yeah this is basically me and isabel <laughs> Thankfully, Isabel, you're not like to the extent of Haru because Haru is like true stereotypical ISFP of super duper spacey and like not quite reading the mood in the room and the ISFP being like, dude, what what, what the hell? Um, and then all of a sudden when Haru's like people that he loves like Yuki or Rin are being threatened, especially by, you know, Akito, for example, right? He goes into black mode. He is not putting up with it. He does not put up with anything and is very willing to break ties with the entire Soma family if he wants to. And is also very willing to take matters into his own hands. But unfortunately, because the people around him, like Yuki and Rin, are still so heavily tied with the family and they can't break out themselves, Haru just kind of has to live with it as well um, and not like fully break away or break ties with his family. So he's left to kind of like more comfort both Yuki and Rin um, as much as he can without like really going into his dark side. So that's why I wanted to really point out as Haru because he's like a very stereotypical type of version of her an ISFP. Yeah, so I guess, you know, Isabel, I think I've mentioned before in our one of our episodes, remember how we talked about which anime characters that we feel like resembles each other the most? And mm-hmm. I had picked Haru then before I came to the conclusion that, you know, Haru is an ISFP. I just I was just like something about Haru <laughs> just makes me think of Isabel. And so uh, so I had picked Haru then. And I remember you felt surprised at the time when I had mentioned it. Do you still feel surprised about Haru being similar to you or do you sort of see it more now? Yeah, I see it a little bit more now for sure. But yeah, I still have that sense of surprise in me or maybe in denial just because Fruits Basket is is about the Zodiac animal. So I think I try really hard to be like Kaguda because she's the boar and I'm like, I want to be like my animal type. But Yes, uh, I definitely see, like, especially when Haru has that dark side to him, it's something I don't want to express very often, but sometimes it comes through. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Dark side, Isabel. The fact it's that you picked Isabel. that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Isabel. You are not Kagura. <laughs> you are yeah, you are not definitely her. not Kagura. I'm sorry. Kagura is like, Kagura is like constantly upbeat and constantly angry in Mm -hmm. one singular direction like (laughs) versus like for haru it's like he goes to two ends of the extreme versus kagura is just like a straight error through like 20 different emotions 
Yeah, so with Haru, what's really funny as well is the whole, like, white and black thing where it's, like, he's usually very loopy and, like, empty-headed and, like, just kind of, uh, you know, like, standing there <laughs> enjoying the sun. And then when he gets angry, it's, like, very intense. This and this is a bit of a funny anecdote because one time Isabel actually got angry at our overlord. And, there- <laughs> and it, it wasn't a voice Gracie call, and I were and- trying to do damage control, and then Isabel's like, it's our way or the highway. <laughs> oh, I'm not even talking about that because you were in that voice call is the thing, Agnes. Oh, it's a different voice it's call? It's a oh. different voice call. Uh, Isabel got angry at Quok and she basically ripped him a new one. And I remember that very well because by this point I have learned, I'm like, oh, Isabel has like a moment where she like snaps and she flips over and it's like very intense. And the whole time I like when Isabel just like went in like a hurricane i was just like putting my hand to my mouth <laughs> like I'm, in, I'm alone in my room because you know i'm obviously not physically there since we do virtual calls but i just had like my hand to my mouth and i was like looking left and right and left and right because <laughs> i was just like uh-oh quack is gonna get it <laughs> and so so that's a real uh, that's like that's just a funny anecdote i had in regards to the whole uh flip thing but one other thing I don't think should be understated with Haru specifically is that uh, Haru, despite his like overall head emptiness and the way that he seems to be super peaceful, is that he is quite competitive. Uh, exhibit A with with specifically Kyo, he you know often competes with Kyo. It, it intends to lose, but he still competes with them quite uh, quite uh, quite passionately, even though it's not like anything malicious or, or antagonistic for that matter. And ISFP is specifically have a hidden sort of um, competitive side that a lot of people underestimate or don't really seem to realize until later when they really get to know them because from the forefront ISFPs their um, dominant function being introverted feeling is that they tend to keep a pretty like good distance from other people where they don't naturally open up to others very quickly for that matter and so and that often manifests in a more sort of like airy sort of almost fairy like manner but when you uh but when you get into their inner circle that's when they like that's when they don't hold back anything anymore and that's when you really see like their competitive nature which i always think it's funny because you just don't associate and certainly i still can't really associate competition with isabel but Isabel, I know for a fact that you have said that you are actually quite competitive. <laughs> I mean, you were in a competitive sport in high school, too. Um, if that's any one slice of the competitive edge. Uh, kind of. I, I really, I mean, I participate in comp- competitions, but I think I got schooled that I wasn't that great. So I kind of oh, gave up. Okay. But I tried the best I can. I think it was more, maybe more like, when it came to probably grades, I was more competitive in that. Ah, uh, so okay, okay. I had to get first place no matter what, especially back then. <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, and not I only that, like relate. a couple years in a row. Wow. Yeah, I was obsessed with that. Now, you know, I'm working, so it's all good. I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so that's another side of Haru. And I think um, and I think really uh, the thing about Haru in particular is that he's sort of like this um, 
what's the right word? Like, like he notices details about people that you, other people wouldn't typically notice. And then, but he keeps it to himself. And that's like the big thing is a lot of times, you know, when people observe things, they kind of speak it out loud. And, and even ISTPs will speak out loud when they observe something because they almost want to like confirm if they've like observed it correctly, especially because ISTPs are just ridiculously curious on top of that. But Oops. with ISFPs <laughs> in particular, because these two are actually quite similar, as you can tell from how much letters they share in the first place, is that um, ISFPs, when they do observe something, they just they just like think about it internally. They don't really act like they don't even they don't really put it out. But I, I do think that's funny specifically because, you know, Haru, this is why Haru was very attentive or notices details about Yuki in particular that other people will somehow miss because it's just like he he just notices these things, but he doesn't say it out loud. He doesn't tell other people about these things he notices. He just goes about reacting once he has noticed it and just like keep to himself on that matter. So I feel like that is another thing that is like super present with you, Isabel, um, especially when we talk about like um, when we talk about just other stuff, like other topics, you will sometimes notice the smallest like uh, the smallest details of things that obviously flies over my head because I don't I do not notice details at all. Um, but I think it's just, but it's just like, you've noticed it for a long time now. You just never spoke about it until I brought it up specifically in the conversation got to your plate. So I thought that was another mm-hmm. interesting thing about Haru in particular that ties with you that I feel like really ties with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, I really like that, you know, Haru and Yuki relationship too, where he notices things about Yuki and kind of does it for him without even you know, asking sometimes just yeah. because he notices it. So yeah, I can see that as well. Alrighty. So um, our next one that Agnes picked is Tordfing from Vinland Saga, who is the main character. And I know, Isabel, that you have not seen Vinland Saga yet. So you're, you're learning about this character brand new. But Agnes and I have actually had quite a bit of discussion about Tordfing and figuring out his MBTI. We both eventually agreed that we think he is an ISFP. And so uh, Agnes, you know, do you remember that conversation that we were just chatting with each other on? <laughs> I do. I, it was during season two and we saw how Thorfinn compared to season one, who's very angry all the time, wants revenge. And then all of a sudden in season two, he's just like, oh, we're cutting trees now. Okay. <laughs> oh, how are we supposed to farm wheat do we just pull it out of the ground you know he's like super spacey in season two but he still has that very sharp detail awareness that really empowers the uh, the isfp in a similar manner to like the isdp when it like it comes to combat or when it comes to picking up new skills as well um and i wanted to talk about thorfinn quite a bit more less so of like his spaciness but I read something online that ISFPs are, when they're under environmental like factors where it's like they're very stressed, mm. they have this desire for an affirmation in life that gives them like a purpose and drive. And so they will continue to work towards that purpose in, to, in order to confirm like this is something that has to happen in their life. But inadvertently, they kind of discard a lot of their emotions, they discard a lot of how they feel, their personal values, and they end up becoming very self-destructive and careless. Um, 
which eventually makes Thorfinn really, really short-sighted in the larger scope of things and very heedless of the consequences, especially in season one, where he was so hell-bent on extracting revenge against Asklad because Asklad had killed his father. Obviously, like Thorfinn definitely had a choice. He had a choice to either run away and survive um, and return back to his family in, Ice- in Green- Iceland, right? Or he decided to take the other path, which was continuing to follow Askeladd for several years, I think three to four years, and in every opportunity hoped to kill him. But at the very end of season one, he's kind of released from this desire because a second, a secondary main character named Canute, who's the prince of, um, of Denmark, ends up doing the deed for him, and Thorfinn is just kind of like left to like reconsider everything that he's worked up to at that point. Um, And then into season two, he kind of is like very empty and that allows for other characters like Einar to really like transform him or kind of like give more context and more sense back to him and have him reconsider his old position, what he wants to do, reaffirm his true values and then work himself from there instead of, you know, regressing back to this very angry, um, and revenge-driven child. Yeah, and no, exactly. And I think, um, and that definitely fits with a lot of the ISFP's, um, you know, descriptions and stuff. But I guess, Isabel, you know, not knowing, having not seen the anime specifically, so it's a little harder to tell in that sense. So based on Agnes's description, like, do you relate to any of the things that she said specifically about, especially about the part where it's like, um, where it's like they're under, like, a harsh environment they're sort of like looking for a purpose oh yeah i can see that definitely um definitely not probably not as intense as thorfinn but i do like if i'm doing something it definitely i feel like there has to be a goal if there's no goal then i'll probably just regress to being a spacey person <laughs> and not think about what to do next um and i can get very lost in that too so mm-hmm. It's better if there is a goal and, you know, it is outlined for me or I make the outline myself. Whether or not I follow it, that's another question. And then I'll maybe probably extend the deadline as far as possible as well. <laughs> that's, that's the P in us for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just something that I'll do. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny you say that because actually when you said like, you know, without a goal, you just feel like you just regress into like spaciness and just kind of like, go about things that's literally what Dorothy was doing at the beginning oh of the gosh. second season because he didn't have a goal so he was just there like that's really all it was <laughs> so he just existed because like the first two episodes of season two introduces Einar the secondary main character who is who is a prisoner of war and was sold into slavery and he literally comes across this farm where he's sold into the slave into slavery and he finds Thorfinn like literally chopping at wood and he's doing it so inefficiently and he's just completely spacing out and not even regarding his surroundings. And Thorfinn just looks at Einar and he's just like, hi. And he goes back to woodcutting. And then Einar is just like, don't you want to be free? Don't you want to like be efficient so that you can become a freed man? You can have your own farm or whatever? And Thorfinn's like, I don't know. So <laughs> It's a very interesting response to see from Thorfinn being very lackluster in season two without a vision. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to talk about with 
uh, Thorfinn specifically. I know you said like probably you're not as intense as Thorfinn with the fact that he was chasing after that man because that man killed his father. But specifically, there's been an incident that I remember. I don't think you probably remember Isabel, but it just like caught on to me because I like I don't know why I just made an impact, but. It was specifically we were talking about like siblings and how you were close to your younger sister. And um, and there was like a mention where I, I don't even know how we got on this topic. But basically there was the notion, the theory of like what if someone had hurt your sister or something like that. And the intensity to which um, to which you were like, I would kill someone (laughs) like it's just it was like a very intense like short but like straight to the heart sort of like sort of like way you said it that I genuinely have not experienced with anyone else in my life to be completely honest with you um can I most of my friends they all have siblings and obviously they would all like you know defend their siblings with their lives and stuff it's just like the way you said it where I was just like oh because it was just like a wind blasted in my face but it was like a cold wind because it wasn't um because it wasn't even like loud or anything it's just the way you said it that struck me and that intensity I feel like has been kind of unique to you specifically that was that is that intensity in uh Torfing as well in the series do you remember that at all I, I really don't think you do because it was such a short moment too oh yeah I, I definitely don't I think my my answer would probably be the same just because I, I'm really close to my sister or I guess if you're a close friend as well or you know if anybody hurts my friends like I I'll probably be very very angry yeah, it's just like a, it's a different type of flavor is what it is. Like everyone has different types of anger. Like my anger when someone hurts a friend is I immediately start plotting. <laughs> like I do oh. a lot of like, yeah, I do a lot of back end plotting where I'm like, I could ruin you. I could ruin you without ever dirtying my hands. Like That's sort of what I'm thinking. And then or I'm start thinking about how I can ruin you without like dirtying my hands. And then Agnes is probably just going to straight out punch <laughs> I mean, it's either a punch or it's going to gut somebody. It's one of the two. Right. (laughs) And it's like, but there's no words. But I feel like, Isabel, you're the type who would go like, Shine. Like, you would say Donnie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just like, just like Ghetto, pretty much. That that makes sense. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, uh, so yes, that's exactly. uh, So that's really uh, another thing about Torfing that I feel like is really related to you. Um. All right, so the third one is actually what I'm really excited to talk about. It's Zaytu from Demon Slayer. So, um, uh, Isabel, I know we've talked about Zaytu before because, you know, Agnes had said that Zaytu is probably one of those characters that would drive her nuts in real life, uh, but she did enjoy watching him on in the series. And um, and then you had you had like kind of stood up for Zaytu. Like, and, and you were like, well, aren't you scared? You know, he's scared. And how did you feel seeing Zaytu was on that list? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect him to be on that list, really. So uh, because sometimes I feel like he's he might be like an ESFP mm-hmm. based on how like he seems very open to talking to other people when he's in a very happy mood. Um, I... <laughs> you'd be you, you can surprised. tell me something else. But yeah, I, I could be surprised. You can let me know. Uh, but yeah, I just think because he, he's, he's on that, I guess, like if you have the spectrum of how much he expresses his feelings, it's pretty much all the time in the series. And he doesn't care what other people think. He just releases it all at once. And at some point, everyone else just ignores him, but he still makes it known how he feels, and it's 
you know, he's anxious, he's scared, and he he just wants someone to kind of like be with him in that moment. And so I can see that as well. Like if I feel like if I uh, was feeling that way, I would like constantly tell someone about it. And I think it would probably get tiring for them. Um, but it's something I'm always thinking about if I'm that anxious or scared. So yes, that is me. <laughs> I guess, well, you are laughing. What were you, uh, what do you, what do you want to say to what Isabel was saying? <laughs> The moaning and the whining, I've definitely seen it in other ISFPs in my life to the point I'm just like, why are we revisiting this topic again? <laughs> I get you, you have a point where you're just where you were saying that it seems almost like an ESFP because he's very like vocal about it and he doesn't shy away from telling people about his feelings or being very affectionate with other people. But I see it more as like ISFP because Zenitsu has also a lot of downtime where he doesn't really speak up that much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more so like when he's with like Inosuke with Tanjiro that he has to be the quote unquote responsible brain cell because Tanjiro will just accept anything under the sky. Inosuke <laughs> will literally kill anything in his path, and Zenitsu is like, "Am I the only one who's seeing you know that something's wrong here?" And that's really like his analytical side and his sensing side really kicking in. Um, and noticing patterns and things around him uh, and really just being kind of smart about it but because he's with like Nezuko or he's with like a cute girl he kind of regresses into like a different side of him but I think it's fine it's just kind of part of him at that point (laughs) yeah so actually Agnes you hit it right on the head in the fact that in in the moments that you mentioned where he is like keeping his feelings to himself that is definitely the key part for me that differentiates him between an ESFP so ESFPs and ISFPs are very similar their cognitive functions which is sort of like the way that the brain is stacked is basically the same it's just slightly flipped is all it is and so um so instead of there so in your case Isabel your your dominant function the one that you like access the easiest and the part that you have most controlled is introverted feeling so that's the part where you are very very capable of keeping people at a arm's length distance without making them feel like pushed away and then Um, But then letting people when people are let in, you completely like put put all your guards down sort of thing. So that's your first level. And then your second level is the extrovert sensing, which is very good at taking in information and details and specifically looking at things that are happening around you. And for ESFPs, it is perfectly flipped. They're more likely to their dominant function is they're actually looking at things around them and taking note of like taking note of specific like uh, specific details of their uh, of their environment and before they go into their introverted feeling. And so um, so and so this is actually why ISFPs feel a lot more. Um, what's the right word? Like ESFPs, you know when they don't feel close to you. It's quite obvious because of how quick, uh, how big of a difference between how they treat you. But ISFPs are much more controlled in regards to making people not feel detached when they are keeping that arm's length away. And so, um, and I think Zangsu is particularly good at that. And it shows up a lot with those moments where, where with his internal monologue. Like one of my favorite parts is when, um, you know, they meet uh, Uzui and Uzui was doing the whole like you know um you know I'm a god and you guys are just like trash and stuff like that and then immediately Tanjiro and, uh, and immediately Zaytsu is just like 
yeah, this guy's crazy, but he doesn't say it out loud. He just like thinks it to himself where he's like, yeah, this guy's crazy. But then Tanjiro raises his hand very earnestly. It was like, uh, what kind of God are you? And, and they just, That sounds like a very gracie question to ask anyone. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have asked that as a kid. So, <laughs> um, and then it just cuts to Zay to again be like, like, are, are, are you serious? Like, why, why would you bother asking him that? <laughs> you know, but he, once again, he doesn't say it out loud. He's just keeping it to himself. And then, of course, Inosuke piping in with the whole, like, like you know, good to meet you, god of festivals. Like, you know, I'm, uh, I am the god of the mountain. I'm the king of the mountain. And um, and Uzumi being like, are you stupid? Like, why are you so weird? <laughs> so to be like, you two are the same people. What are you talking about? <laughs> But all of that was, like, <laughs> kept internally. Like, not a single bit of it was voiced out loud. <laughs> and I thought, in particular, that scene is very emblematic of ISFPs because if there's anything I learned about Isabel is that she has a lot of thoughts and feelings, but she never voices them. <laughs> she just, like, keeps it to herself. And I only find out, like, a bunch of time later where I'm like, oh, you had, like, all the same thoughts as me? Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> you know, and so... Um, so that's basically a thing that I just connect Isabel with to a lot. Um, I think another moment, and this is once again showing off his extroverted sensing as well, but it's like, but this is showing the stacking, really. So uh, in regards to Nezuko in the first season, uh, Zaitsu had very quickly figured out that uh, Nezuko is not human and that there's something inside the box that isn't human and is probably a demon but once again he didn't say anything about it he he didn't make he didn't he chose not to like comment on it and the big reason why is his level is he first comes to the understanding that hey there is um there is something this is something very emotionally important to this guy who is being very nice to me so because of that it matters to him so it's going to matter to me now I'm observing stuff about it, okay? It's making noises that is not human. I think it probably is a demon, but you know what? I'm not going to say anything about it because it means something to him and that's what's most important. In, um, in an ESFP case, they would notice the box first and specifically, um, specifically uh, what's happening in the box. And if they're close to you, they'll straight up ask, hey, what's you know, what's going on about it because their guard is down there, you know, they put you in their inner circle. But then if they, um, but then if they're not close to you, uh, they, that's, they'll first observe the box and then notice, let's start thinking about, hey, how does that connect to the person? And so there's like a flip situation going on and Zangsu definitely does the whole like, hey, this box is important to this person. I wonder what's going on with this box and then going into that detail after that. So um, so that's another ISFP moment with Zenitsu that is also very strong and just very core to his character that I actually really love a lot. So um, I guess, Isabel, do you see yourself in what we were saying about Zenitsu? <laughs> oh, yeah, especially the many thoughts keep to self part. I feel like I have that habit and not telling people. But then I tell people maybe after because I think it's better. But I don't know. Is, is it actually better or am I just still hurting feelings, do you, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on the context, really. Okay. 
And I think it depends also on the level of people accepting criticism, if it's truly something that needs to be worked on. Um, some people like myself, like don't mind the criticism because it means that we can work harder, we can improve ourselves, mm -hmm. but there's definitely a lot of sensitive people in the world that don't take it very kindly. And sometimes it's not the right situation to say it either. That makes sense. Okay. I'll yeah, keep that so, in mind. <laughs> yeah. You're always free to tell me anything. If, if you want to call me a degenerate asshole, that is fine too. <laughs> I accept <laughs> this. I mean, it's not not even about like you know how the other people receive it i guess are you ever scared perhaps that you know what you're thinking doesn't align with the other person and so that's why you're just like keeping it to yourself and thinking it to yourself yeah i think i keep it to myself well like if it doesn't align then that probably means that there's going to be a debate about it and i don't want to do that so i'll just like agree to disagree type of thing yeah in my head <laughs> that's fair yeah <laughs> No, I, I understand that as well, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so with that being said, our fourth one on the list is I, Ulta from Wonder Egg Priority. So this is our first girl, and quite shockingly, there is a really lack of female like ISFP characters, which is kind of shocking. Because usually when there's any sort of, you know, MBTI personality types with F in it, aka feeling, it's almost always dominated by female characters. I mean, the easiest ones are ESFJs and ISFJs. They are one of the most common sort of personality type. And then on top of that, one of the most common girl personality types. And they're almost always female characters in anime. And we'll definitely get there when we get to that particular um when we do get to that particular one to those two particular MBTI types, but ISFP is flipped. It's very majority guys. And I find that to be very fascinating and somewhat strange because it is so against the typical norms. Heck, ENFJs are even like split between the guys and the girls. And so it's just like, it's so rare to see that sort of disproportion with something that is usually like um, dominated by one gender, by the other gender specifically. So I is actually our first girl and on this list. And I guess, you know, Agnes, you said you wanted to kind of comment on the fact that there seems to be a lack of female characters for ISFP as well. So like, what was your sort of thoughts when you saw that when you saw the stats, essentially, in regards to the anime characters and seeing I on this list? I was honestly pretty surprised that there wasn't a lot of ISFP girls, just because I feel like, I don't know, it, it F, uh, anytime I see an yep. F anywhere, mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah, feelings. Yeah, typically that's a, not not that it's it's a very stereotypical thought that feelings is normally associated with women, right? Mm -hmm. That is a very stereotypical notion in our society. But for some reason in anime, they prefer to have an ISFP mainly as males. And I wonder if it's because there's a sort of like a mysterious atmosphere around them, sort of. And it's very uncommon to see a man who keeps his feelings to himself not in the sense of like a regression but sort of just like very self-conscious about his surroundings and voicing his opinions and feelings so maybe that's what is that's why there's more of a push of male characters for isfp but i don't know i was just more surprised rather than having to come up with a reason why that it may not exist in the anime sphere <laughs> right right and i guess you know just out of curiosity because you know agnes you know she keeps 
finding uh, ISTP anime characters who are guys that she relates to. And that kind of shows you where all, like in ISTP, in her case, we've talked about where it's flipped. It's mostly guys who are ISTPs. And I tend to have a pretty good blend of mixed gender characters in regards to hating them the first second I meet them. <laughs> so <laughs> That's um, usually the biggest indicator that they are like a true ENFJ versus <laughs> other ENFJs who are like more mellow, more nice, Gracie will just be like, oh, it's whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and so I guess, you know, out of curiosity, have you had a lot of female characters that you've watched in anime that you relate to? Or would you say it's more like, it's more distant, like you don't relate to them, you you just like them personally? I just like them personally, I think. I just think they're very cool, they're very, like, they, they're very level-headed, and it's something that I would aspire to be. Um, but it doesn't come off as strongly as it would be with a male character. Because I feel like with a male character, it's very more upfront and centered. There's a very stereotypical notion of, at least for ICP, you know, you keep your feelings to yourself, you know, you try to, you know, kind of macho your way through everything. Everything's daijovu. Your feelings are not daijovu, but that's fine anyway. <laughs> um, and you don't really get that sense with the female. I think it's more rare to see that. So it's kind of hard to see the two click, per se. Got it. And uh, Isabel, you know, I guess what about you as because funnily enough, you're in a similar situation with Agnes and that a lot of the char anime characters you see that are more similar to you are actually guys instead of girls. Like, is there um, is there like a situation where you felt like maybe none of the uh, not a lot of the female characters uh, are like similar to you? Or I'm just kind of curious about this particular sort of um, unequalness in regards to how they get portrayed. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting. I never feel like I am that similar to the anime characters, females. If it is a female, then it'll probably be more of the, maybe kind of, uh, they're like the obviously introverted type, mm. maybe like the classroom president type that kind mm. of keeps to themselves. Those are the kind of like the people that I, um, I guess, relate to because that's kind of how I was in school. So I can only relate in that sense, like in terms of shonen and things like that. I think similar to Agnes, probably just cool people. And I probably, I mostly focus more on the males instead, but I never really, really relate. Like that's me type of thing. I never really see that. I just kind of like them who th for who they are. Got it. Well, um, I is one of those rare ISFP characters that are, that is a girl and uh, obviously her, she's, well, I mean, all the characters here are pretty traumatized, <laughs> so I'll, I'll put that out there. But I, in particular, I think her trauma is a little more grounded in regards to, like, her storyline. And so uh, we don't talk about the ending once again. So, <laughs> um, so with that being said, you know, Agnes, how do you feel about I in relation to Isabel? Do you see the similarities? And if you do, like, where are you seeing them? I'm seeing it a lot in the whole, like, introvertedness keeps her thoughts to herself, especially very early on when we're introduced to I. Um, I went through, as we all know, in One Egg Priority, through a very rough time of trying to get over the fact that her friend committed suicide and that she felt incredibly helpless, unable to, you know, voice her opinions and help her friend get through the suicide, um, get past suicide. Uh, and then... But she also has an incredible amount of compassion towards people, which I think is very interesting for, like, 
someone like her who went through a lot of grief and instead of taking it out on other people, she continues to help people around her who are grieving in different ways. And that includes all the other girls in her group who all have their own trauma to deal with as well. And she's very willing to push aside her own um her own sorrows and her own grief to address the situation of her friends who are, you know, uh, very self-conscious about their body image or those that have very turbulent family households or those that feel like they don't have access to feelings because they're a robot, right? And I think that's a very like key part about the ISFP personality type is that even though they don't say much and even though they are very withdrawn and they keep their opinions to themselves, they have feelings and it's obviously very intense and very warm and compassionate towards the people that they care for. Um, and then the one thing that is on the flip side and it has to do with the whole like flip switch thing is that when I gets very angry mm -hmm. is what really amuses me too. Because literally in the first couple episodes of Wonder Egg Priority, she basically has had enough. She's had enough of these creepy things following her, chasing her around this dreamscape world that she doesn't know how to leave yet. And then all of a sudden she manifests a, a hammer, a mace of a weapon out of a pen that she carries around and she just goes ape. Like she's just very angry overall, and any time she enters battle with any of the girls or against any of the enemies, it's always triggered by that emotion of wanting to do something, but also because she's very angry that people hurt her friends, rather than a, a very more like rational approach to fighting an enemy or trying to tear down an enemy with words. So it's it's very it's very refreshing to see that in a female character, for sure. Uh, Isabel, I guess, you know, what do you think of Agnes's observation of I? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think her observations are definitely more detailed than what I had. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get that far in Wonder Egg priority. I did like I as a character, like starting out, kind of like what you mentioned, her feeling and being kind of in control of her own emotions and recognizing that they are there. They are there. And, um, but then also trying to be there emotionally for her friends, in addition to kind of going it, going at it kind of by herself, almost blaming at her, herself and a little bit, maybe she's a little bit self-destructive in a way as well, because she blames herself mm. for her friend's, um, friend's suicide when it wasn't really her fault. Right. So, and yeah, just, I, I could see that. And yeah, I wish, I wish I liked Wonder Egg Party more, but all the, the bugs and the thing monsters themselves didn't make sense to me, which is why I had dropped it. So I wish That's, I could see more. <laughs> I'm laughing because that is her SE at work. And I can't yeah. stop laughing about it. <laughs> Literally, like SE or extroverted sensing is about how they have to, they can handle all kinds of ideas, concepts, and conversations, but they will tire it quickly if they don't see a practical real world value to it. <laughs> Just keep about how with to your eternity she's like you know why why was he an orb like why <laughs> like she needs to have those details in and make it make sense and i'm just like floating in the air like ah oh, yes i accept this is how it works so, <laughs> i just can't stop thinking about that sorry <laughs> um one thing i really like that you pointed out agnes is the compassion that i has which you know is very present in all the other characters we've talked about. Haru is very compassionate. Thorfinn, of course, is very compassionate. And Zane, too. 
is very compassionate. Like the the one scene I can never forget was into obviously, and that was funnily enough. Like I spent the whole like first two episodes meeting him, being annoyed with him because of like his whole like you know I was basically making the same faces as Tanjiro, which was kind of telling because that was that guy's my personality. <laughs> so, um, but I was reacting the same way as Tanjiro towards Zenitsu until like that very end where we see that you know Skate was basically beating Zenitsu up, but Zenitsu had like thrown his entire body over the box and. And he was, he was just protecting it because he knew it mattered to Tanjiro. And that's all that mattered to him in that moment, regardless of what happened to him. And it's like, that's a type of pure, like, compassion right there as well. And uh, and I really liked, Agnes, how you pointed out that, you know, she's very, that I is very quiet about it. Like, it does she doesn't give off the vibe of someone who has so much compassion but you just know that she is compassionate and she doesn't hide that fact either. And I do think that is very distinct with ISFPs because the thing is, it's very common for the introverted sort of like, I guess, colder, quote unquote, colder character. Like they have a heart of gold, but they don't come off that way because the words they say are harsh and, you know, they ignore you and stuff like that. But with ISFPs, they will never do that. They'll they'll never say harsh words to you. They'll they'll never like you know they'll never turn away because like and just flat out ignore you or stuff like that. They are just quiet is all it is. But the second you talk to them and anything that comes out of them is very filled with compassion and kindness. And it's and it's like it's strange how if you think about it, it's that type of character is kind of rare. You know, to just have like a quiet character and yet you know they're compassionate. Like, and it's not, it's not a hidden heart of gold. It's just they do have a heart of gold. And you know that for a fact. They just keep it, they just like to keep to themselves and they don't really interact with you unless you're in their inner circle and then they interact with you a lot. So, um, and I feel like that's very like you, Isabel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I can totally see it as well. <laughs> Alrighty, so the next one is going to be interesting, and I'm going to let you two talk it out, to be completely honest, and I'm going to ask questions because I don't watch, I didn't watch this anime, really, but what's interesting was when I was, you know, I didn't just pick these on a whim, I also did do some research to see, because I'm always curious, like, what does the general populace see an ISFP as, and Ichigo from Bleach was always on the list he was never not on the list almost it's like everyone in the world who talk who writes about mbti agrees that ichigo is an isfp and i know for a fact that you know isabel you really like ichigo right now and so and you know agnes you've picked ichigo so i am really curious because this is one of the ones where I don't really have much of a context for once again. And so I I just need to know, like, how did you guys feel when you saw that? Do you guys see it? Because this is a character that almost everyone and their mom is convinced is an ISFP. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was very clear to me when I saw him on that list he gave me. I'm like, oh, yes. Every single arc of Bleach is dedicated to Ichigo's feelings. <laughs> Re- oh, so you that. weren't surprised at all. <laughs> no, because every so like any like any kind of conflict that comes out of Bleach is always because there's somebody who's in trouble, like someone he cares about that's in trouble or something is like morally wrong and he has to go fix it. 
And he does that. He acts on his feelings. That's literally it. But and then his S takes care of, of the rest of the work. But could you argue, like, for example, Naruto, like, he does the same things, right? Like, something's wrong with the world. He's going to go fix it. Like, what, what's so different, I guess? So Naruto has a goal. When he started at very young, he wanted to become Hokage because he wanted to prove himself to people that he is something, that he's not a failure, that he's not, you know, a monster of a child. Ichigo is literally, I've accepted this power from a Shinigami who's about to die and my family's also about to die. I'm going to protect them. And the next season is, oh yeah, by the way, that Shinigami's alive, but she's also being held against trial and she's about to die. She's my friend. I'm going to go save her. Uh... And, then the, and then the arc after that was, oh, Orihime got kidnapped by, you know, the Arankar because she has some very special power that they want to extract from her. And she's my love interest. I'm going to go save her. And then every single arc afterwards is something, something, something is in danger. They're somehow related to Ichigo and he's going to have to save them. <laughs> very accurate. I was... Yeah, right? <laughs> I guess the last one here, the one that's airing right now is t- uh, the Thousand Year Blood War arc is pretty much, oh, Soul Society is in danger. I'm going to save and help everyone. Well, yeah, that's it. Do you think that's you? Do you think that's you, Isabel? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not the hero type like Ichigo, I would say, or probably barely as strong as him. So obviously I don't like I would have to train really hard. I would need more training arcs than what Ichigo has altogether. <laughs> well, Ichigo's already broken because he has this whole lineage thing. So. I know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just very—it's very clear when you watch the first two arcs, Gracie, that Ichigo's very fueled by his emotions, and that's what really drives him to do things. But otherwise, he's a very chill character overall. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm so used to seeing him like fighting that I don't see like the chillness of him. <laughs> yeah, if you had a choice, like in the very beginning of bleach you'll see he just kind of wants a normal high school life and hang out with his friends take care of his family type of thing um and then keep up this cool image that he has at Mm -hmm. school that's his goal really before he's dragged into everything so that's kind of like the difference between i guess him and maybe you know luffy and naruto is the other shonen is that he doesn't really have a goal is like yeah luffy is incredibly loud and incredibly selfish Naruto is incredibly empathetic, but he has a goal. Ichigo is just incredibly empathetic, and that's it. <laughs> that's it? That seems kind of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yours is, like, empathetic, but you'll chew people out with words. Ichigo is, like, empathetic, but he'll also be like, yeah, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess then, Isabel, you know, when you saw Ichigo on the list and with you enjoying Bleach so much now, like, did you see that, sim- like, did you think to yourself, oh, shoot, he is similar to me? Or I kind of want to know your thought process, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, wasn't sure how similar he was to me. But then, like, over the years, I, I realized, I, or when I watched Bleach, I, I liked him as a character. But that kind of happens to me for any anime, I feel like. If there's, like, a main male character that I like. But I definitely like Ichigo the most, mostly because because of, I guess, his also kind of, like, strong moral compass is kind of what I have as well. Like, if mm-hmm. it, if something does not align with my feelings or if somebody is questioning it, I don't understand. Like, I will fight to the death about it because I'm like, why don't you understand my feelings? Like, this is the way that I feel that I need to do something. And so if I get questioned on it, it's, it's not great. And then, I guess, similar to Ichigo, I'll go ahead and act on it. And then, um, 
there's also that arc where he kind of like loses his power so it's kind of like i feel like similar to thorfinn where he kind of loses his purpose because he loses his shinigami powers he's just like what do i do in life now i don't want to go back but i can't ignore what's happening around me like my friends or he may like they can still see stuff going on but ichigo can't see what's going on but he knows it's happening and so he's in this like internal tor- turmoil within himself and it's like everyone else kind of has to get him out of this like crazy rut and it's like almost like a whole depressing arc in general mm. okay i i see what you're saying as well now that you're explaining ichigo more since once again this is the one character that i don't really have context for so i can't really say but definitely what you were saying with the whole moral compass that is fi dominant like right front and center fi dominant and which is introverted feeling. Introverted feeling is specifically like the sort of moral compass within a lot more. Like as a comparison, I'm extremely extroverted feeling. So I'm I'm much more about other people around me and determining what's best for everyone else and kind of ignoring myself. But introverted feeling is much more about like what is my moral compass and what I think is right or wrong. And so I like you saying that about Ichigo and specifically about how um, you yourself like are willing to like argue to the death i'm guessing i'm guessing you're not literally fine because we don't get into that situations but um but like argue to the death about it like i definitely see what you you're saying and how that's an isfp so already well um are you happy to learn that ichigo is you then <laughs> yes i am very happy and i fully embrace it <laughs> oh Hi. very nice <laughs> Alrighty, so our last one on the docket for an ISFP anime character is Ugetsu from Given. Ugetsu is a perfect example of a toxic ISFP. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Absolutely! Oh my god! (laughs) A very complex individual, by the way, but I I did... He is one of those characters where I instantly knew he was an ISFP, but once again, a very toxic one, which is not our Isabel. So Isabel, you don't need to worry. Um, you are okay. not a toxic ISFP. But I do want to talk about how like Ugetsu really embodies an ISFP when they are toxic. So, um, but Agnes, you know, you were really excited. So uh, I'm guessing you have things to say about Ugetsu. Oh, yeah, I have, I have things to say about Ugetsu because the ISFP that I know in my life had a slew of relationships before. Oh, what? And they weren't toxic. They weren't toxic. But they exhibit very similar tendencies to what Ugetsu does, but Ugetsu does it to, like, the hundredth degree mm-hmm, of toxic. Yeah. Right? And that trait in a romantic relationship is the push and the pull. And this is kind of related to the flip switch of the ISFP, where they will push for their partner to do something because they expect something from them, and then suddenly they'll just pull away because they need to have that sort of independence in their life, Mm -hmm. and that's not tied down by their relationship. And Ugetsu does exactly the same way, too, where he demands freedom from Akito, who is his ex-boyfriend, by the way. They no longer live in the same house anymore, but somehow he says, like, you don't give me enough freedom. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do my own concerts on my own. I'm never going to invite you, and I'm going to sleep around, and you can't say shit about it. But then at the same time, every time Akito comes home and occupies the same living space with him, Ugetsu kind of capitalizes on the fact that Akito is still there, mm-hmm. that Akito is like a present in his life. And he keeps demanding for Akito's, like, affection and care. And then in turn, it's very sweet to him when Akito least expects it. And in a relationship, it can be really interesting and very spicy because it's a very enticing thing of, like, your partner constantly surprising you. And also the ISFP being very 
cool, very unpredictable and unflappable. But in terms of a long-term relationship, especially when this toxic ISFP keeps doing it, it becomes very tiresome to hone in on like what they want and in and their partner can interpret it as either very fickle or very flighty, especially if the ISFP is overtly critical about their partner's flaws and weaknesses. For sure. Because my ISFP that I know in my life has definitely gone to me for many, many quote-unquote relationship advices. And they will be like, oh, but I don't like this person because they're like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, well, why are you still dating them? Oh, I don't know. It's because they still have this quality. But I get so bored of them. And I'm just like, make up your mind, Jesus. <laughs> so I see that tidbit in the person that I know is an ISFP and maximizing it to like the hundredth degree in who gets <laughs> I guess, Isabel, how do you feel about Agnes's description of like the ISFP character of the whole like they want things and they want to stick with the person and really they like stick close but then at the same time no I need my freedom I need to be independent like that constant push and pull <laughs> yeah I think naturally I do that too like I I definitely need my alone time type of thing um which I didn't realize before but yes uh, I try not to do that too often though like pushing and pulling like other people in my life uh too much and so it's I, I don't know, Ugetsu seems like a very, obviously, toxic type of character. And it's it's interesting how he does it because he's so able to read other people's, I guess, feelings and how they are. And the fact that he's able to have Akito kind of, I don't know, he's, he, I don't know if he would be, would you say he's kind of like mani- manipulating him in a sense? But I, emotionally? It's, it is, it's, it's but... weird because it's a form of manipulation, but Akito also plays into it too. Yeah. Because Akito is also very dependent on that relationship. It's overall, this relationship is incredibly toxic and, uh, uh, what is the word? Uh, gaslighting yeah. each other. Really. Uh, what I was going to say so, is. Like, we don't really talk about it. Yeah, all toxic relationship has some level of manipulation. That's why it's toxic in that sense. But the kind of manipulation is also very different. So. For example, I unfortunately knew a very toxic ENFJ, which is my specific personality type, and it's actually kind of terrifying because the way they uh, mask their manipulation is extremely good, like to the point where I couldn't even tell, and I was, and I, it was more like he made me confused rather than like, um, rather than me thinking, oh, this guy is up to something. Like they're masked extremely well, but with you know with Ugetsu's relationship here is that he is manipulating Aki a bit, but at the same time, it's like he's not trying to hide it, and neither does he try to deny it. And that's kind of also why Aki, like, is keeps going for it as well, because Aki is just, like, he's he's not hiding that fact from me, so in its own way, it's honest, so it doesn't feel toxic. Do you kind of see the difference I'm talking about oh. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, if it was a toxic ENFJ, they would never make you feel like you're getting manipulated. They just are manipulating you. But in but in Ugetsu's case, him being open about the fact that he is toxic towards Aki is almost him kind of saying, like, see, I'm not a bad person because I'm being honest about it and I'm being upfront about it and Aki accepts it. So how how is this relationship, how is what I'm doing in this relationship wrong? Like, like, yeah, that's that's the difference. I I, I think you two see the difference, though, right? Uh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that so anyway, uh, Ugetsu is a very prime example of a toxic ISF people. One thing I kind of wanted to point out as well that I think is interesting that the others don't really show is that Ugetsu is extraordinarily creative. He is a very talented violinist, and usually ISFPs they tend to get associated with the arts, like just stereotypically speaking, uh, because they are specifically well known for the fact that they are both very grounded, but also so very um, open as well and so they have these big ideas and they're definitely capable of almost like sort of meditating slash extracting themselves from the world and like lose the tethers for it while at the same time being ground enough to really notice the details and that makes them really masterful at any sort of storytelling is what it is and I'm not just talking about like with words I'm talking about through art through music and Ugetsu is really the only one of the ISFP anime characters that shows that fact, but it is very present in Ugetsu and is part of the reason why he's such a talented violinist because of the fact that um, because of the fact that he is capable of both sides is essentially what it is and. Uh, and also another fun fact about ISFPs is that spiritualism is very important. And I know that you know Isabel, I believe you're a Buddhist, correct? Or um, Yes, yeah. that's correct. So I know that, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you're a Buddhist because you're ISFP. I'm not saying yeah. it like that as well <laughs> at all. I just thought it was interesting how um, how spiritualism is very important to you. And apparently spiritualism as a whole is very in- essential to a lot of ISFPs. And it's actually reflected in Getsu's like violin playing as well. So, um, so that was another tidbit I had about ISFPs that I feel like we haven't mentioned yet in all the other characters. And um, yeah, so I guess, Isabel, you know, with the creativity, at least Agnes and I have definitely seen like your ability to like tell things through clearly for that sense. Um, But did you but do you ever feel like you're just sort of like hovering in space while still tied to the earth? Like, does that make sense at all? Or at least in regards to your creativity, like it helps you with any sort of storytelling? Yeah, I haven't done this recently, but like sometimes when I'm like, doing that is kind of like so weird i feel like i'm in space but i feel like i'm the like the only one or type thing it's a very weird feeling i don't do that too often i like to just be creative and kind of more of my decisions in everyday life or things like that or trying to do more artsy things i guess isfp if you look it up it's kind of the adventurer type personality as well mm-hmm. that's the label for it so um yeah i'm not like i thought you know, based off of that, my field might be more creative, but I think it's creative in a different way rather than the traditional kind of like art or music, really. Mm-hmm. Right. You guys, you just do your own stuff. You want to do something and you go and do it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's why I have a bunch of different hobbies, uh, too many to count, and I want to do them all. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, that is all the ISFP anime characters we had to discuss today. Uh, and I'm really curious, you know, because Agnes and I were doing most of the dissecting here. Like, do, how did you feel about sort of our analysis of the ISFP anime characters? Do you feel like it's similar to you at all? Or do you think we're actually way off the mark here? <laughs> yeah, I really loved your guys' interpretations of the characters and hearing about them um, and then relating it to your personal experience with me. So it's very fun. I feel like all three of us or every mbti episode we've done so far is fun so i'm looking forward to the next ones too you you can go back to choosing um, which which was you uh which of the characters you wanted to talk about <laughs> 
Yes, I want to choose the characters that we talk about. That'll be fun. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you then. No, no, no. You two are supposed to choose together. <laughs> you can oh, choose okay, half okay. and half. Mm-hmm. Half and half. Okay, okay. Uh, Alrighty then. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this particular episode. So that is the last of the MBTI amongst us girls, specifically in Girl Taku. But we will cover all of them. Um, and I and you know we also have plenty of people to call upon as uh comparisons in our anime trending group. That much is certain. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, but in regards to that, let me know if you guys completely disagree with our analysis of these anime characters, or whether you guys do agree and why and we will be back next week with another fun topic so i hope you'll be here next time bye everyone bye bye